Hello, Monetization Nation. I'm Nathan Gwilym, your host, and today I'm joined by Andy Biding. Andy is a serial entrepreneur and best-selling author of three books. Through his company, Tulip Media Group, Andy and his team of marketing specialists help fuel the revenue growth of numerous companies across North America. In today's episode, we're going to dive into Andy's book, How to Win Clients and Influence People, in which we'll go over the three pillars of marketing. We'll also discuss double sales, zero salespeople, where we'll discuss how we can increase sales without a sales team. We'll cover the following key takeaways today. Number one, Andy's three pillars of marketing are digital marketing, print marketing, and interactive marketing. Number two, digital marketing is the highway to quickly getting your business out to the world. Number three, messaging and print gives you more credibility. Number four, interactive marketing puts a face to our brand so we can better communicate emotion and intent. Number five, instead of looking at sales and marketing as two different systems, we should look at them as one business development system. And number six, instead of trying to reach everyone, we should focus our marketing efforts on just our key customers. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Andy. Thank you for having me, Nathan. I'm excited. Hey, can you start off by sharing with us something that you are super passionate about? Something I am super passionate about is, I mean, this is going to sound a little bit cliche, but you know, but, uh, my my kids, but but personally, it, it's business. I am super passionate about business in general, and I am. I call myself a self-proclaimed learning junkie. I read, I think, on average, thirty-five to forty books a year. And just love to consume content around business. I've, I'll, I'll admit, I've never read a novel in my life. Although my wife says it would do me a lot of good, um, but I, but I just, I, I'm very, very, I'm more passionate about business than I think most people I know. Tell me about the greatest home run you've hit or greatest success you've had in your career. I would say the biggest success that I've had is. Um, I actually, I post the last major recession in 2008, I went through a really hard time. So coming out of that is I actually launched three different businesses. And I look at one of the best successes I've had is the fact that I did that and, and created three different revenue streams for myself. Um, and one of them being real estate. I am hugely passionate about passive income and passive uh, passive investments. So it's uh, it's something that I would say that's been the biggest home run is just the real estate deals that I've done over the past you know eight eight ten years. I recently read Rich Dad Poor Dad for the first time. I can't believe it took me so long to read that, and and I, I think I'm sold as well on, on the value of doing that real estate passive investing. We're going to talk about two books, and so the rest of the interview is going to be divided into two segments. The first segment is going to be. Um, how to win clients and influence people. And then we're going to do a segment on double sales, zero salespeople. So in this book, you talk about three pillars of marketing. Can you talk to us about those three pillars and, and why they're so important? Like most of us know, marketing only works, you know, if somebody doesn't typically doesn't see your ad once, act on it, and you've got a new customer, they need to see you out there regularly and often. And so there really are the three pillars. There's three ways to reach people the way that uh, we outline in the book. And that is you can reach people through digital marketing, through print marketing, and through interactive marketing. And the reason why there are three pillars and the reason why they need to be succinct is that they need to work as one system. What I mean by that is when you put messaging out, for instance, if you have in your company, you have somebody that's doing some print marketing, you know, whether it's 
I mean, the, the base, most basic print marketing is doing an advertisement in a local newspaper have with a certain, with this one specific message. And then you have a slightly different message on your digital, uh, you know, maybe you're advertising on Facebook or something. And then, uh, and then people come into your store and they talk to your salespeople and they're hearing a slightly different message. It you really lose credibility. So those three pillars need to work succinctly and with the same messaging in all, you know, all, all congruently. So the way I, I, the way I look at it and the way it's outlined in the book is that for a really effective marketing program, you need to have all three. Most companies need to have an element of all three. The digital gives you the quick hits. It allows you, it's, it's the vehicle, it's the highway or it's the pathway to be able to get your message out to the world and you can get it out there quickly. You can get it out there, you know, they're quick hits, uh, really frequent hits. The challenge with digital is it has a very short shelf life because how often do you read, you know, if you're writing a blog article, for instance, and you post a link through LinkedIn and, you know, somebody's scrolling through their feed and they see that and they don't have time to read it right now. How often do you go back and read that article? The answer is usually never or very rarely. So digital is great to keep top of mind for regular quick hits, but it does have a very short shelf life. And that's why I'm a big fan of, of complementing that with print, whether it's a printed newsletter or magazine, or if it's a book, those are the three print strategies that I firmly believe in. Um, you, another way you could do it, you know, it doesn't have to be your magazine. You can, if you can get your content, your articles written or, or sorry, published in someone else's magazine. So maybe you're supplying, you know, you're a, a supplier of services to the insurance industry. Well, if you could have your article in the insurance trade magazine, perfect, wonderful. By doing that, that magazine is recognizing you as an expert and is giving you a ton of credibility that way. So it doesn't have to be your own publication. It could be someone else's. But having your messaging in print gives you more credibility because you know if you see an article online versus you could see the same article in print, the print will have more credibility. The print is more believable. The studies have been shown many, many times. Print is more believable. In fact, there was a study in, a few years ago by Deloitte and um, – uh, in Forbes magazine. And the, the study showed that, especially in, if you're working B2B and you're sending content out to business owners about business concepts, 84% of readers would rather receive it in print than, it, than in digital format. So 84% will not read the digital article, but they will read it if it's sent to them in print. Interesting thing about that too is it seems like so many magazines have gone out of business. So many newspapers have gone out of business. The print has declined. Uh, radically. And maybe that gives us an opportunity because they aren't so flooded with print and maybe they're flooded and overwhelmed with digital that uh, it's harder to get in print today. And it's, it's a little more unique to be in print today. And it might, might set you apart and give you that credibility you're talking about. Yeah. And so there's two points there. One, yeah, print has gone down overall, but it's not print. It's the old models, the old publishing models, that business model is no longer valid anymore. It's no longer sustainable. So print is still very, very much valued. You know, you just look at when the Kindle came out, everybody thought that printed books were going to be a thing of the past. 
when in fact, in recent years, it's swung the other way. There's more printed books being purchased than the, you know, the printed book sales are going up while Kindle is remaining somewhat flat. And people do value that print. They're still, we're, we're human beings. We like to touch and feel things. You know, it's more tangible when you can t- pick up a book and touch and feel it as opposed to reading something on a, on an iPad. So it's, but it's the old business model that, that went away, but it, that because the old business model was not sustainable, there is a lot less print. And you look at like uh, marketing gurus out there, like Joe Polish from the Genius Network, he loves print and he's sending out more letters now in envelopes than ever before. And it's because he said the most uncluttered inbox you have is the one in the front of your house. Yeah, that's true. Where you're going to get attention. So print really works, but your print messaging needs to be consistent with your digital messaging. And that's also a reason why I'm a big fan. And I know you do this, Nathan, is repurposing content. So if you write a a great article, have it written so that it's keyword optimized. So it'll be a great blog article and it'll attract people to your website, but then also put it into your own publication, whether it's a newsletter magazine or submit it to a trade magazine. You can repurpose that same article many different ways. You could even create that and you know give it to a creative and and get and have them create a video out of that content. You know, repurpose that content. Yeah, we can make videos. We can do audio and do podcasts of it. There's lots of different ways to repurpose that. Turn it into memes and put it out on social media. The third uh, pillar is the interactive marketing because most people forget about that. You know, if you if you have a customer who found you online and then all of a sudden came across your magazine and is sold and is interested, is curious enough to go into your you know your 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 retail storefront, let's say, and then they hear a different message from the salesperson, you lose credibility as a company. So your digital, your print messaging has to be consistent with your interactive messaging. Interactive marketing is anytime you're conversing two ways with clients, with, with potential customers, whether it be salespeople on your sales floor, if you're you know selling B2B, you're doing industry talks at uh, conferences and events, you know, it's anytime you're, you're live talking to someone over the phone, in person, over video, whatever, the messaging that you're putting out needs to be consistent with your digital and with your print messaging. Otherwise you do lose credibility as an organization. You talk about calls to action. And I've seen calls to action, like an ad that didn't have a call to action and just adding click here to a, an ad banner, triple the click through rate um, and conversion rates of, of that banner. Uh, can you give us some ideas of, of how we can effectively implement calls to action? You know, and, and, it, and, and that leads into you know, a whole digital marketing strategy. But with, with call to action, um, I'll give a shout out to a good friend of mine, Mike McCallowitz, and he wrote a book. I just read it, just came out a couple months, like maybe a month ago, uh, called Get Different. And it's about marketing. And I'm going to give a kudos to uh, a, a fellow um, marketing author. And he has the dad principle, you know, good marketing needs to distract, it needs to differentiate, needs to attract people, you know, it needs to differentiate. It needs to attract the right people and you need to direct them. So you see, like you said, you see lots of great ads that have no direct call to action, have no direction for people of what to do next. And you need to be explicit. 
uh, I've gone to Genius Network now for a few years. Joe Polish's uh, mastermind group in, in Phoenix, and and Clay Clements is one of the one of the top copywriters in the world. He's written some ads that have produced him millions of dollars in commissions for Google, for you know some of the biggest names in the world as well. And he was the first one that I remember years ago. He said, "If you're even if you're writing an article, you know, tell hook them with." a story, give them, bring them on a journey to the solution and then tell them what to do. If you have an ad online or in a magazine or in a newspaper or on a, whatever, and you don't tell people what to do, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do anything. You don't tell them to what to do. And what's interesting. So another, another great, uh, Don Miller talks about, he's got a whole process called story branding. And he has this thing where, you know, he was in front of a large group, an auditorium full of people. And he had a bullhorn. He said, okay, here's what we're going to, here's what we're going to do. I need everyone to follow me. We're going outside. Let's go. And he grabbed a bullhorn, went outside and like 400 people follow him. And he's out on the sidewalk and he gets up into a soapbox. He said, here's the message. When you tell people what to do, they will follow you. <laughs> now let's go back inside. And I love it. <laughs> so many people, you see great ads that are great at differentiating, great at attracting the right people, but you don't tell them what to do, but you expect them to do what you know, you have expectations, but you don't tell them what to do. I mean, how does that make any sense? So you need to have that call to action. And whether it's in digital or on your website or, or, or in, a, in a print or, uh, uh, advertisement, it doesn't matter. You need to tell people what to do to take the next step. You need to make it simple for them, right? I love it. Okay, let's shift to double sales, zero sales people. So in this book, you talk about our sales machine. Can you give us some strategies of how we should build our sales machine? So one of the things that I look at is uh, you, you really need to look at your business development process. And you know, I look at, it's not marketing and then sales, it's, it's business development and it's one system. What is that customer journey from the first moment that they have any interaction with your company to when you actually close that sale? And I look at it and in, 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 in the what I suggest people doing in the book is that you look at it and break it down into a process. What is that process? And I lay out, you know, our own process, Tula Media Group. It's an eight-step process. Um, and the way I want people to look at it is that it is a business development a process or what I call a business development assembly line. Think of Henry Ford. Think of how they make the automobile, right? Henry Ford democratized the automobile because he, he was the godfather of, of the assembly line. Now, if you think of your business development as an assembly line, like first, you need to attract people. You need to spike their curiosity. Second, you need to get them on your website. You need to bring them through a journey and get them to take a call to action. Um, and maybe, you know, your sales process is you start with an intro call and the goal of the intro call is to get them on a demo. After a demo, you, you, you know, it's proposal time. Then it's, uh, you know, a, um, a, a strategy call and a finishing call. And you, you have all of these steps. Well, if you look at it like an assembly line, one of the mistakes that a lot of people do is they will have their salespeople go out and will they'll say, okay, your mission is to go out and find new prospects and close sales. The problem is there's eight steps in there and maybe they're really good at steps one and two, or maybe they're really good at steps five and six, but they're terrible at one and two. So why do we have the same person doing that whole process? 
So I, I encourage people look at their business development process as an assembly line, like Henry Ford's automobile assembly line. Break it down into what are those different tasks, those maybe eight different tasks, tasks, eight, eight different stations along your business development assembly line. And then what skill set do you need at each station and put people to where their skill sets are. And then look at it because that's what Henry Ford did. Car moved down the assembly line, in went raw material, out came a, a, a finished vehicle. And different people doing every step along the way. Now, over time, like the assembly line, a lot of it got automated, became automated. And I suggest doing the same thing. So what we actually do for client partners is we help them build out that business development assembly line. And then we automate the front half. And I'll give you the example, like in our own business with Tula Media Group, we have an eight-step sales process. And what we've done is through digital marketing, uh, yeah, through digital marketing and, and really effective website conversion strategies, we've automated the first half of the assembly line. So now we don't talk to customers. We used to be a company that did outbound sales. And I talk about a great pivot of 2019 where, you know, we built our company up to where we had a sales team of about seven people. And in 2019, we walked in and we, we cut the entire sales team in one day. And we leveraged digital marketing. And then we decided and strategically decided that, when a person will leverage digital marketing to hook line and you know uh, hook, hook a new client or a new prospect and then get them to the point where they're interested enough and they know enough about what we do that they've self-selected if they're not a good fit they'll be they'll self-select out and the ones that continue on are ones that are really have a high potential of being a good fit and are interested in what we're doing we will then join them on strategy calls and in, in their later stage sales steps or stations in our assembly line and the best people to have those calls we found are actually the people working in production because they're the ones that'll get the client excited it's not a salesperson giving a lot of high pressure it's production people getting them excited about their project and then there's different people that will come in and talk about their you know their their strategy that you know a different person come in to actually build the process for them and then somebody else comes in to close who's really good at closing and if you look at your business development process and that customer journey as an assembly line with different stations then match up the right people at the right stations where you're getting high value for you, for the time that you're you're paying for, for in your people and they're also typically doing work that they love to do because they're good at it. And it makes the whole thing run much smoother, whole thing much, run much faster and much more successful. And I tell the story of how we let go of an entire sales department and the next quarter, we decide to keep the same sales quota, which they had never hit for about 18 months. And we hit it for the first time in 18 months, the same sales quota with no salespeople. And then we tripled that, that goal and hit it the following quarter. So what was the secret for that? If you had to nail it down to one point, what would that be? It's nail it down to one point. Um, what, why did you hit that quota with no salespeople? What, what was the core principle that worked? We leveraged digital marketing strategies to replace old fashioned sales processes. We went from cold calling literally hundreds of phone calls logged a day, Nathan, to zero. Chasing, uh, I think at our height, we were chasing, you know, in, in Salesforce, we had over 300 leads we were chasing to seven. 
you focused on the right customer instead of selling too many and you you focused on ones okay so you talked about developing and, and nurturing those customers how do you do that without the salespeople you just switch who does it it's it's someone no one likes to talk to salespeople and so you get them off the phone with the salesperson get them on with someone that's just answering their questions and helping them Exactly. Yeah. So what we did is we leveraged digital marketing and conversion strategies for people's website websites. And uh, so we, we, what we've gotten really good at is leveraging online marketing, whether it be paid marketing or uh, content marketing, using the influencer marketing we talked about before. So, you know, to get people, uh, you know, in the digital universe, None of our clients are at the center of the universe. Google and Facebook, they're at the center of the universe. So we use strategies through paid marketing and content marketing to go into the center of the universe and bring them out to our web, their website. And then we use conversion strategies so that we love to get lots of people that might have some curiosity about what our client partners are selling, the products or services they're selling, to get them onto their website and then using conversion strategies to get the people who are a good fit for what they sell to be really excited about moving forward and want to engage with the company. Those who are not a good fit, just don't pursue it any further. So we use automated online marketing strategies and conversion strategies. And so instead of, you know, chasing, you know, 300 leads for the seven qualified ones, we're just dealing with the seven qualified ones because they've come to us now, or they've come to our client partners now. And then when they've come to the, the client partners, it's not an outbound sales process. This is inbound service. This is inbound sharing about what we can do to help their business. And, and that's what makes the difference is that the people that they're talking to want to talk to that company, to engage with them, to learn more and potentially engage with them. And that's why production people and service people are actually better oftentimes, that's what we found, to talk to potential prospects than salespeople are. Thank you so much, Andy, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. To learn more about or connect with Andy, you can visit his blog at tulipmediagroup.com or check out his books on Amazon. And you can find links to those sites in the blog post for this episode on our website. You can also get a free copy of my ebook, Passion Marketing, and learn how you can become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode, and I wish you success as you implement Andy's three pillars of marketing. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.